0: Hello, I'm Shane Hartsfield, pastor of Beaver Baptist Church. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. If you have any questions about what it means to follow Christ or questions about our church, I direct you to our website, beaverbaptist.com, for our contact information. Weekly, we study exegetically through books of the Bible. And now, join us as we dive into today's passage. Thank you, Shane, for uh, these wonderful words that you said. Um, I don't deserve them. Oh. They true. Yeah, Shane is a good friend. Uh, we've known each other for 20 years and so. And uh, I also can say that he is uh, one of the most uh, faithful friends that I had over all this year. And I'm so uh, grateful and blessed by his friendship. Brothers and sisters, I'm really glad that I get to see you again. I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and I pray that His grace and peace be upon uh, us, all of us here this morning. I also bring you greetings from uh, our church, Liberty Baptist Church in Turgomuresh. and um, uh, with their greetings, I also bring their uh, thankfulness. We are grateful for all this year that we could be partners in uh, the work of the ministry for God, for His Kingdom, and uh, we are very grateful for your generosity and also for your support in prayers for our church, our ministry, especially uh, with the work or the ministry with the summer camps. Um, We started many years ago with just a few children coming into our camps Maybe 30, 40. Uh, Each year, more kids were added and were willing to come with us, with our church in camp. More children outside from our church. And then we had 50 children, and then we had about 80 children. And then we had one more week. So we had two weeks, two camps in two different weeks. Um, till uh, last summer, when in one day, being we, we were all surprised, in, in one day all the, the, the spots were filled, uh, and there were so many other children that were willing to come, and we couldn't uh, take them with us. This year we added another week, so um, there will be next month. Three weeks of camps, and we thought that it will be better with the uh, registration and everything, but uh, we experienced the same thing in one day, uh, almost all the spots that we had, over, maybe a little bit, over 200 kids registered for our, uh, for our camps. It is amazing, and we are so humbled and grateful to God for this window of opportunity to share the gospel because um, the vast majority of these children are not from our church. Maybe 80% of those children are from outside our church, from our community. So, we try to be faithful and share the the, uh, the gospel with them, plant a seed and we are praying that God will, um, uh, will make it grow and bear fruit one day for his glory and his kingdom. And um, I, would like you to, I would like to thank you very much for uh, all your support. And I would like you to know that um, everything that you do in God's name, every prayer that you are uh, uh, lifting it up, um, to God, for us has been answered, and uh, your help was a very bless- a great blessing for us well I, um, i'm honored also to bring you the Word of God today. Thank you, Shane, for giving me this opportunity and for trusting me to do that it 's a matter of trust i 'm telling you you need to be a preacher to know that, but uh, thank you. Um, I'm going to go through a passage uh, from Acts chapter 11, so you can turn in the Bible with me, Um, and the passage that I'm going through, it will be from verse 19 to verse 30. I'm not going to read it at the beginning, we will just go through it, that will save some time this morning, Um, but uh, you can follow me uh, in the scripture if you like. This passage is a transitional passage in the book of Acts that introduces a new beginning in the church's history, namely the spread of Christianity among the Gentiles. Um, We are gonna read in the passage about the first church that was established among Gentiles, Greek culture people, and from now on um, in the book, the author of the book, Luke, will present the work of the greatest missionary, the Apostle Paul, and the spread of Christianity throughout the Roman Empire. This morning, analyzing this passage, I would like to show you a picture of believers that are on mission every day. And being on mission is not just going overseas somewhere else and Share the gospel there. It's not just going in another place, other there, uh, uh, another place that you live in. Like a team from the church went to Idaho this week and shared the gospel there and and showed the love of Christ. Of course, this is mission, but a biblical view on mission it involves or uh, it means that we are on mission every day in God's mission. We don't have to go somewhere else or far away to be on God's mission. Our mission field is exactly where God has put us to be and live. So we are on mission every day. And looking at this picture, I would like to emphasize some valuable things that are powerful and have a great impact um, on the life of a church and even beyond it. First of all, I would like us to see the value of every believer who witnesses for the Lord Jesus. The passage begins with the remembrance that with the beginning of the persecutions, um, some believers were forced to leave Jerusalem and were scattered in other cities uh, of the Roman Empire at that time. Naturally, where they want, they shared their faith. They talk about Lord Jesus. Still, naturally, these being Jews, they shared the gospel with the Jews. And no one uh, except Jews, only to the Jews. And you might know about the prejudices and the barriers that were between the Jews and other nations, and how God had to uh, step in and remove these barriers. Remember Peter and Cornelius? Well. Some of them have taken more time to understand that God uh, does not distinguish between humans and that he wants uh, to save people from all the nations of the earth. However, there were some who understood the call, and, uh, the call of God better and then they began to talk about Jesus to the Gentiles too. This is why we have verses 19 and 20. Now those who were scattered because of the the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. Antioch was an important city in uh, the Roman Empire. It was the third largest city in the empire, overtaken only by Rome and Alexandria. More than 300,000 people lived in Antioch. Some researchers say that there were somewhere between 500,000 people and 600,000 people. So It was a very important commercial center. It was a polytheistic city, that means that they worshipped more gods. Of course, it was an idolatrous city, and like many or all the other big cities in the Roman Empire, they were very low low in, in terms of morality. Despite that, once the first believers began, began to proclaim the name of, the, of, of Jesus in the city of Antioch, Many people believed, and the church was founded. And that church that was founded in Antioch became an important religious center for centuries. But I would like you to notice how the first Gentile church was born, how the church uh, of Antioch was born. It says that there were a few people, not many, not many, just some a few people that came to Antioch and started to preach, to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Who were they? What were their names? Do you know their names? Nobody knows. Most likely they were not very well known people, they were not prominent church uh, leaders, and they remained anonymous for the rest of the church's history. When we will get to heaven, if you are curious, maybe you, uh, not maybe, for sure, you will be able to find out their names. But until then, no one knows who were they um, or their names. But because of their faithfulness to the command of Jesus, which says, go and proclaim the gospel to all the nations, to all the people, to every man and woman, we read now, that many people in Antioch believed in the Lord and received the gospel. Then we have verse 21, which says, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. You see, great number of people. We always, almost always, we like this saying, great number of people. We like to see many people coming to the Lord. But what about them? They believed and turned to the Lord. And I like the way Luke describes and emphasizes an important point here. Do you not know people who believe, at least that's what they say, they believe but have not turned to the Lord? You might know know such people. I know many such people. In our country, uh, many people, most of the people, they live in our country. They say they have faith, that they believe in God, yet they do not turn to Jesus. They live as God were not, as if Jesus is not the Lord. They live as they want to live. They do what they, whatever they like to do. Uh, they live according to their own rules and principles. They live as if they were lords and masters over their lives. Returning to the main point, Here is the value and the power of the believers who witnesses for Lord Jesus. And I would like that to be an encouragement for all of us. These people were common people. They were and are anonymous for us. But they influenced a city, a big city, a powerful city. A city that was deep in darkness and immorality. But through their testimony, a church was born, and in turn, this church led to the founding of uh, many other churches in the empire. The, the rest of the book will, will show us this. We can all be such believers, and let me tell you that we must be such believers. We know that we are all called to share the gospel of Jesus, and if we are faithful, this call, then our communities, our cities um, can be influenced through our testimony, which is powerful. And the destinies of many people can be changed. The gospel must not be spoken only by pastors, preachers, teachers, evangelists, prominent leaders. The gospel must be lived and proclaimed by every disciple of Jesus, by every believer. So, brothers and sisters, each of us must share the truth about the Lord Jesus. And I remind you, there is value in the testimony of each of us. us. No matter how uh, simple we think we are, no matter how unimportant we feel we are, there is power in our witnessing. But please notice something else here. The power and value were not intrinsic. Uh, I mean, it was not a value that was given by what they knew or by their wisdom or by their natural abilities. Where did their power come from? Again, verse 21, the hand of the Lord was with them. The power comes from the Lord. The Lord was with them. Why was the Lord with them? because they obeyed the Lord's command. They witnessed for Jesus. They did exactly what Jesus told them to do. Do we want the Lord to be with us? Of course we do. Well, then let's do what Jesus told us to do. In many situations, we want the Lord to be with us uh, while we do what we want, while we do what we like to do. Well, it's not working this way. We obey Jesus, And Jesus is with us. So, there is value and there is power in the testimony of the faithful ones when their testimony is about the Lord Jesus. And it is power because the power power comes uh, from the Lord because of the name that is proclaimed, which is the name of Jesus, the Lord, and the fact that the Lord himself is with us. Second, secondly, I would, like to see, I would like you to see the value of encouragement. We have the next verses. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Now we are talking about a person whose name we know and has been mentioned in the book so far. There were a few people that came to Antioch. We don't know their names, but they were faithful to the uh, uh, Lord's command. Now it is about Barnabas. And it's obvious that Luke wants to highlight Barnabas' Barnabas character here, and the power of encouragement. In chapter 4, where he mentioned Barnabas, he already said that his name means the son of encouragement and showed uh, his gift of encouragement. The gift of encouragement is one of the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to the believers, and Barnabas is an example in this regard. And I would like to highlight a few things about the value or the power of encouragement in the church and not only. Notice here that Barabbas was glad when he saw the results of the grace of God. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. And surely he could, he could see weaknesses. They were just humans there. They were not perfect, right? They were new believers in faith. They were, they were uh, babies in faith. They still had many things to change in their lives and to learn. But Barnabas did not focus on the negative aspects, nor did he emphasize their shortcomings or weaknesses. Instead, he focused on the results of the grace of God manifested among them. And he was glad. He was glad. Sometimes we just read that and, and uh, we, we pass over it, but it's a very powerful st- statement. Others would have been envious. They would have tried to find flaws there, so they have a reason to criticize. Sometimes we are so. We see the grace of God manifested in one's life or in the life of a church, and instead of rejoicing, we become envious. And of course, you can find, find 40 anywhere, and 21, and they can be legitimate. But when we look just at this, we become critics. And even though there is room for constructive criticism, in such cases, criticism is neither right, nor in the right moment, or in the right spirit. A man who encourages others can rejoice, can be glad. Actually, it's easy for such a person to be glad when he sees the results of God's work in someone's life. Not only that he was glad, but he encouraged the believers to remain faithful. We have verse 23, he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For the believers in the church of Antioch would have been encouraging only knowing that the men sent from Jerusalem was glad of what he saw uh, among them. But it was not enough for Barnabas. The work of encouragement involves more. It, it, it involves or, and it requires action. Not just a passive attitude, just accepting others. I accept you. I accept you the way you are. I don't judge you. I don't criticize you. I, I accept you. But it's more than that. It takes an action. He encouraged them to remain with their heart close to the Lord. So, a believer who encourages others helps them to persevere, to not give up, to continue in their relationship with Jesus, to continue in faith, in ministry, uh, uh, doing what he was doing good in the ministry, in witnessing. In the lives of every human, there can be moments of weaknesses, um, or falling, and discouragement, and some are just waiting to catch a bad moment for others just to prove their justice, just to push them down or talk badly or hurt them. But true believers will come along, will come close and encourage the weak, the one who fails, the one who sins. They'll find the right attitude and the appropriate words to help him do not give up, but to raise up and to continue to remain with steadfast purpose. And we need such people. We need people that encourage others. There are enough critics, critics maybe in the church, for sure critics outside the church. There are enough people who strike and use their words to hurt others, but in the church and in the world outside the church, there is a great need for people that encourage others. Others, what kind of man, what kind of woman are you? Let us all be men and women of encouragement. You want to see the value of encouragement? We have the result here of what Barnabas did in verse 24. For he, Barnabas, was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And listen, and a great many people were added to the Lord. We had a few people, or we had not few, many people, saved because of the testimony of a few that we don't know their names. And now Barnabas came and encouraged those believers in faith and to stay close to the Lord. And because he had a very fine and wonderful character, full of Holy Spirit and of faith, and because the work of encouragement, we read that more people have been saved. More people have been added to the Lord. And the church grew. And the church grew so much that Barnabas realized that he needed help now with teaching and pastoring the church. And what, and what does he do? He looked for help. Who is he looking for? He's looking for Saul who was converted on the, the, on the Damascus road. At first, when the church in Jerusalem was skeptical about the conversion of Saul, who was the fiercest persecutor of the church, it was Barnabas who came along, uh, listened to his testimony, encouraged him, and then uh, Barnabas spoke well about him, about Saul, to the leaders in Jerusalem. And now Barnabas seeks Saul, and brings him to Antioch. He does not feel threatened by Saul. He is not afraid uh, for his position in the church, that his position might be jeopardized. He is humble, he knows his place. He brings Saul, he promotes him, he involves him in ministry, in the ministry, and he encourages him to do the ministry. The power of encouragement. See what happened. After that. So Barabbas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And, listen, in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. They were called Christians. They never had this name before, they had never been called Christians before that's a new name for them. And it was a term of derision. Christians or Christiani, it has to do with the party of uh, Caesariani would have to do with Caesar. Christiani would be of the party of Christ. And it was a derisive, a derisive marking term. Oh he's a Christian. He's one of those Christ party ones. It was a, a mocking term, but those, those blessed people turned this name into something courageous and something lovely. And you know what? You and I bear the name that they died to preserve impurity. And we know so many people, unfortunately, that call themselves Christians so glibly. So if you are a Christian, my brother and my sister, wear it well. It was given to the finest. If you are a Christian and you wear the name of Christ, wear it well. Deserve it or don't claim it, said someone. Eusebius, a great historian, described Sanctus' trial. They had tortured him and told him that they were going to kill him. And record says that he still himself so firmly against them that he would not so much as tell his name all his answers to their inquiries was i am a christian so we are christians we are god's people we are on his mission every day in this world so let us witness for the lord let us share the gospel. We don't have to be someone special or someone very important in order to do that every christian it is called and we all need to share the gospel to witness for the lord remember there is a great value in every believer who witnesses for jesus we are christians then let's encourage one another and people around us again there is so much value empowered in the work of encouragement. Just try it. Just go around. Just go to your school or uh, the place where you work or when you meet your neighbors or your friends and find small words of encouragement or take some small actions of encouragement. You will see the results. Do this all the time. Do this every day. Live every day with the intention of encouraging people around you the results will be great. And finally, I would like you to see the value of generosity and the value of partnership in the mission ministry. Verse 27, now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them, them named Agabus, stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. The church in Antioch finds out about the need of the mother church, the church in Jerusalem, and they prove themselves generous. They gather some financial hand, uh, aid, help, and sends it through Barnabas and Saul to help the church in Jerusalem. The church of Antioch quickly, very quickly, captured the missionary spirit that each church should have, and it was seen in their generosity and their partnership with the church in Jerusalem. Each church helps, should help, and support the work of God that is that takes place you know, locally where the church is, or that takes place in other places, through other local churches. It is not like everyone is on his own. It is the kingdom of God, the big kingdom of God. It is God's church. It is about the body of Christ. This is why believers have to support the ministry of God locally and globally in the world. It is what you were doing for us for many years now. And as I said, we were helped and we were so blessed by your generosity. This is what you are doing this week with the team that you uh, support and that you pray for and went to Idaho and shared the gospel and showed the the love of God there among other people. And there is such a great value and uh, a great power In the partnership of churches. And the partnership and generosity go beyond the financial support. It can mean offering our time or our physical presence, being somewhere, our effort, our involvement, our work, our support in prayer, and so on. The examples uh, can continue. I will close having first a word for those who are here and they feel that they need to turn to the Lord, and they know that. So, I would encourage you to believe and turn to the Lord. Some of us here have to combine our faith with turning to the Lord. Having faith to accept that our salvation is only through Jesus, through His sacrifice, that's believing, that's faith, faith in Jesus and His sacrifice but we also need to accept Him, not only as our Savior, but our Lord. That means turning to the Lord and accept Him as Lord in our lives, living for Him according to His word. And then a word for all the believers here. Did you believe and turned to the Lord? Then you are a Christian, and if you are a Christian, Honor this name every day and everywhere, all the time. Honor this name, being a faithful witness for Jesus. Wherever God has put you or sent you, be a faithful witness for Him. Then encourage people around you and support the ministry of the church here, locally, in this community, and globally. Wherever God shows you, there is a need. God bless us all. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast if this message has been helpful to you. Again, if you have any questions, go to our website for our contact information, and we'll see you next time.